0: I want to talk to you on a, uh, one of my favorite subjects of all subjects in the Bible. I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus. One of the privileges of being a pastor or being able to set in a, stand up behind a pulpit is to lift Jesus up, whom to know is life everlasting. Would you would you pray with me this morning that God would lift His Son up in your in your mind? like he's never been lifted up, that you'll see him as clear as you've ever seen him uh, through this earthen vessel. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to preach again. I never count it, never. Do Do I take it for granted? What a privilege it is. We pray that you would work through this earthen vessel and show spiritual things that can only be seen through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Help us today, give glory to the one and the only one that deserves it, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, we're going to read quite a few verses there. I don't often do this, but we're going to read a few verses, about 10 verses. Matthew 27, 39 through 49. 27, 39 to 49 It's about the crucifixion. That's the setting. Jesus has been crucified already. He's been put up on a cross. Gethsemane is over. The trials are over. The scourging is over. The Via Della Rosa is over. He's on the cross. This is where he wanted to go. He had to go. For this hour was I born. And this hour I came into the world. Why? Because he loved us. Love drove Jesus to the cross. And they and they start out within verse 39, And they, they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking with the scribes and the elders, said, he saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. This is the text verse, verse 43. And he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. And he said, for he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. That was from noon to 3 p.m. in our time. About the ninth hour, 3 p.m., Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. This is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that, they said, "This man called for Elias." And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, "Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him." The hatred for Jesus at the crucifixion swelled to a tidal wave proportion of group hysteria and a bloodbath. No man was ever more praised than Jesus or sought after than Jesus, at least of that time, prayed for, waited for, followed after, clamored after than this one called Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. The Pharisees had said earlier, Perceive ye, and, and, and by the way, John 12, 19, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. He was so popular the whole world are going after him. The soldiers sent to arrest him at one time said in John chapter 7, verse 46, Never a man spake like this man. The crowds had confirmed his identity many times. His disciples, after seeing him walk on the water, said, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Nathanael declared of Jesus in John 1 49, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the king of Israel. The blind man of John chapter 9, once healed, was brought to the truth by Jesus himself. We pick up in John chapter 9, verse 35, And Jesus heard that they had cast him out, the blind man that is. And when they had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And the blind man answered and said, He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. Now, the blind man hadn't seen very much. Man born blind. You've seen him, and he is that talketh with thee. Now, Jesus did not reveal himself like that to very many people. And it's amazing the people he did reveal himself to, which is a sermon of his own. He revealed himself to the old Samaritan, the woman at the well, which was uh, had been married. Five times she was Jaja Zsa Zsa Gabor for you old folks. She was married five times and was living with a guy. You don't get lower than that in a society they lived or we live. He said, I'm the Messiah, straight up and down. And here he says it again. the one you've seen and the one that's talking with you is, I'm him. and he said, Lord, I believe. He worshiped him. Martha, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were good friends of Jesus in a little town of Bethany, a a few miles, a few clicks, as the military would say, a few clicks away from Bethlehem. In John 11, 27, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That's what Martha said. Even the Jews before Pilate confessed that they had heard him say of himself, In John chapter 19, verse 7, the Jews answered, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. They testified he said that. Peter had declared of him in Matthew 16, 16, when he said, Who do men say that I am? He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's one of my favorite statements. It's one I often use myself. The adulterous woman at the well, which I just spoke about, the whole town of Samaria knew, John chapter 4, verse 29, Come see a man which told me all things, whichever I did. Is not this the Christ? After she testified that to the people of the town, in John chapter 4, verse 42, they said, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. At the triumphal entry, one of my favorite portions of all Scripture. The Bible said the whole city was shaken. Just days earlier, the whole of Jerusalem was shaken. Thousands came out to see the entry of Jesus on this coal, never ridden before by a man, prophesied over 500 years ago, I believe in the book of Zechariah. The Mount of Olives coming down there through the Eastern Gate, so much prophecy being fulfilled was was doing that. and They cried out, In Luke chapter 19, verse 39, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Listen, folks, listen. Jesus was beloved, adored, loved, admired, adulated, praised, worshiped, exalted, and popular to say the least in his day. And just a few days after that popularity, the turn, maybe one of the greatest turnings of the tide that maybe has ever happened was a, this popular Jesus who, had, by the way, the Bible says he went into villages and healed all that were sick. How popular would you be if you went into Fort Myers and healed, emptied out all the hospitals? Well, the hospital administrator would hate you. What if if Jesus came into Benita and and healed everybody that was blind? I was in uh, eating at Culver's the other day, and a bunch of deaf people were in there. Deaf, couldn't speak. And they were, you know, hand-signing. I wanted to do... That means Jesus loves you. And, you know, they were in there, and I thought, man, I was sitting there with my wife, and, you know, we were... There was a Bible about ten of them, and we were there at a table for two, and it seemed strange, you know, they weren't talking. And I was talking to my wife, and I was thinking of the privilege God's given me to talk. Because if you can't hear, oftentimes you can't talk. And for some of you, you would die. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Just a few days after we read all these wonderful adulations and things, the turning of the tide of popularity drastically moved against Jesus. Pilate condemned a man that he knew was innocent. Mark chapter 15, verse 10. The Bible says, For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. The crowd at the trial of Jesus cried to Pilate, Let him be crucified. Let his blood be upon us and our children. And boy, that has happened. Pilate's soldiers who were commanded to make him ready for crucifixion, which was an absolutely horrible and indescribable process of scourging. But they didn't just just destroy your body through scourging. They wanted to break your spirit. They had the little thing they called, played the king's game, by the way I had the privilege of going to Jerusalem and in the, in the cement there is this little circle of the king's game. It's part of the remnants of the, of the soldiers and I thought how many people had gone through that area and it's still there where they scourge those folks right in that area. And they would put a crown of thorns on, they put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head and gave him a purple robe. And, and you know, they bowed down and they had to give a little stick like he had a scepter, you know. And they, oh, king of the Jews. The Pilate soldier stripped him and mocked him and scourged him, dehumanized him, spit on him, hit him with their fists, open palms, hit him with a reed. Planted a crown of thorns, as you know, feigned to be him to be a king. The chief priest, not being satisfied with the criminal's death of scourging, mocking, and all that had just happened to him, followed him all the way to the cross like dogs, the psalm says. They followed him, gathered around him, bleeding, dying. It wasn't enough for him just to die. Matthew 27, 42 says, He saved others Himself He cannot save. If He be the King of Israel, let Him now come down from the cross and we will believe Him. They, wouldn't, they weren't happy just to have Him on the cross crucified in a condemned criminal, stripped naked in public. That wasn't enough. they wanted to destroy His person. Those who pass by not carrying if the person was justly condemned or not, said Matthew 27, 40, thou that destroyest the temple and build it up in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Even the thieves, the Bible said, one crucified on each side of him, who justly hung on those crosses, cast the same in his teeth as we read in verse 44 of Matthew 27. I ask a question. Where were the healed people? Now, where were the people he fed? The 5,000, which probably was like 12,000. It was just 4,000 men. 5,000 men, 4,000 men. It's been predicted if there were women and there were men, women, and children with him, it would be at least like 12,000, 15,000. That would be conservative. He fed them from just a few pieces of fish and some bread. Where were they now? Where were they Faithful disciples who said that we're going to lay our life down for you. And Peter, who so bravely stood up in front of his other disciples and said, though all of these, I'm going to tell you, if I'd have gotten, if I'd have been one of them disciples, I'd have told the other 11, let's get together and give him a blanket party. That's where you throw a blanket over him and baseball bat him. I mean, that boy, he would have looked at the rest of them other boys. And he said, though all these deny you, I'll not deny you. And Jesus had something special for him. Oh, he says, before the cock crows thrice, you're going to deny, or or twice, you'll deny me thrice. There's something special for that kind of pride. Peter, James, and John, always the leader of that group. Where were these people? Where were the folks at the triumphant entry that just happened a few days earlier? Where were they who cried, Hosanna in the highest? Blessed is they that cometh in the name of the Lord. Where were they? Possibly the harshest yet theologically significant insult that was thrown at Jesus in all we've read so far this morning is found in verse 43, our text. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if God will have him. For he said, I'm the son of God. The question I have, I pose to you this morning is will you have him? I know the angels will have him. I love it. One of my favorite places in the crucifixion story is when he said, do you not know that I could call 12 legions of angels? Don't you understand who I am yet? To his disciples. Don't you understand I have to do this? I mean, he didn't maybe verbalize like I am, but don't you understand that if I don't do this, you're not going to be saved and you're going to die and go to hell? because you'll never come into the presence of God with your sin. No sin can come into the presence of God. Don't you understand that I'm here to be a substitute for you? Don't you understand that I'm going to die for your sins, not mine? Don't you understand that I am God manifest in the flesh? And they did, by the way. It seemed like they did. Where were those folks? Will you have him? The angels would have him. One thief in the cross, he had two thieves, and one of them eventually got right with God and got saved. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Oh, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Woo. You mean I don't have to get baptized to get saved? He didn't. You mean I don't have to take communion to get saved? He didn't. You mean I don't have to join the church and go through an interrogation process to get saved? He didn't. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Don't try to add to it. And don't take away from it. You say, but some people may not believe with their heart, well, then they won't be saved because with a heart, man believes unto salvation. With a mouth, confessions made. I can't, I can't get into people's head and make them believe. I can only tell them what to do, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in them have to decide whether they will have Him. Will you have Him? The one thief did. The woman at the cross, the women at the cross would have him as they wept and they wailed in viewing of his sacrifice. There was a movie a while back called The Passion of the Christ. A lot of independent fundamental folks, and I am one, we're funny people. You make a movie, we're not going to like you. We're not going to, you know, you better do it right according to the Bible. We're not going to be happy with you. And that's rightful so. There was a scene in that movie that really touched my soul. Jesus is in the Via Della Rosa and his mother, and this is not in the Bible. His mother comes up to him for a moment, and he's beat up bad. And you know she kneels down beside him, and he says, "I make all things new." Now that's actually a verse taken from Revelation chapter twenty-one. I believe it's verse four. It could be verse five or six. Behold, I make all things new. What did Christ come from? Come for? Because this this place called earth that we live is not a place of life, it's a place of death. And God must come from the outside and make it new or it will never be new. He must make you new or you'll never be new. He must redeem you or you'll never be redeemed. And he, he, knew, he knew you couldn't earn it. He knew you had no way of somehow meriting his favor. He said in Matthew, the Beatitudes, of chapter 5, he says, Be thou perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many in here this morning have been perfect and sinless and never made a mistake? If you raise your hand, you just lied. People say, I don't want to go to church. There's hypocrites in church. Yeah, and if you come, you'll add one to it. Brother, a church is for old sinners saved by the grace of God. It's not for a bunch of, the church is not a museum. It's a hospital. It's not a museum to look at perfect people. It's a hospital to help the sick, the lame, the blind, and the dumb. God's here to help us, man. It wouldn't surprise me to go into church and be insulted, treated bad, or whatever. I just figure that's just part of who people are, man. I didn't come here for them, I came here for Jesus. I'm not going to let you drive me out of his local church. Amen. Oh, the soldiers who whipped him. Scourged him. Helped him get through the Via De La Rosa, that path to the cross. After they listened to the seven kisses of Calvary. I preached a series on years ago on the seven kisses of Calvary. It wasn't new with me. Seven kisses of Calvary. Those are the seven statements of the cross. They're God's kisses. To us the process of the Son of God becoming sin for me. It's a kiss. When the soldiers, when the soldiers heard it, the head soldier, the centurion, stood back and said, "Truly, this man was the son of God." You said. 2,000 years away from the event and say, well, I don't know if he was or not. I can tell you the men who crucified him, the men who scourged him, the men who saw saw him act under that kind of pressure said he was the son of God. And you ought to say it based on their testimony. Ah, Having trouble seeing the print now. No, I can't see it at all. Something happened at the cross that never had happened in all eternity. What was it? Deity, eternal deity, turned from eternal deity. I don't know how it happened. I can't explain it. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me for the time of noon to 3 p.m.? Christ experienced what hell is for you. Preacher, what is hell? I'm going to tell you it's bigger than pain of flames and all that other stuff, though I believe all what the Bible says about it. It's bigger than that. I'm going to tell you something more horrific than being cast into the lake of fire. You say, preacher, how in the world would you have something more horrific than the lake of fire? I'm going to tell you something. Being separated from God. It's bigger than what you know. See, here on earth, we're not totally separated from God. No. And it's endurable. It's endurable here on earth because God's God is here. But in hell, God will not be there. You've never experienced loneliness to your cast into hell. You've never experienced All I can say to you is Jesus warned about it Morning he talked about heaven. And it was to the place where he never wanted anybody to go there. Bible says clearly in the Bible, clearly in the Bible, 1 Peter 1, 3, 9, and in Matthew in the Gospels, it's not his will that the least of these little children perish. Not, not his will. That's why he's tender about going and getting them. Not his will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. His will this morning is every one of you get saved, trust him as a savior, have have the forgiveness of sin that he purchased on the cross, that he shed his blood for, that he paid for. Wow. I like it when he said, the last kiss of Calvary was, it is finished. Excuse me. I'm a mess up here. To tell a testi, it is finished. The contract has been paid, God's justice has been paid. Sin has been paid for. How much sin? Every sin that ever was committed was paid for on Calvary. If you would simply believe and receive Christ. You see why it's a shame not to live for Jesus? To be a Christian and and treat it lightly or carelessly? Something that costs God so much? Romans chapter 4, verse 25 says, who was delivered for our offense and was raised again for our justification. How do I know Jesus was the one? A lot of people have come and said they were the Christ. How do I know Jesus was the one? Because God raised him from the dead, that's why. Because he was raised from the dead. No man taketh my life from me. I lay it down, I pick it up again. He was God manifest in flesh. It was not possible that death could conquer him. It was not possible, the Bible says, that death could conquer him. He died, went and it for three hours, spent a time of only an eternal being, would know what it would be like to be separated like he was. The justice of God said, whosoever sins must die and that, those, those, that time that Jesus hung on that cross satisfied that justice that God demanded and made God just, not only just, but the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. The devil didn't see it coming. He didn't see it coming. Caught him off guard. He thought, he thought crucifying Christ was going to get rid of him. He didn't realize it was going to be the foot that's crushed his head. His power was broken. His title deed to the earth was taken away from him and given to the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. And now he's a defeated enemy. The devil is. The question I end with this morning is, will you have him? There's two groups of people in the world according to the Bible those who will have him and those who would not. That's it. Those who will have him and those who would not. I hope you can come to Jesus for his cleansing power and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Brother Tom, who picked that song? Is Tom here? Tom Cronin here? You picked that song? Somebody picked that song? They didn't know I was was going to preach this. And the Holy Spirit lined that song up today. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You come to Him. We'd hear it to help you. If you'd like to talk to us about it, invitation time, you can come. Otherwise, you can come. And we'd like to tell you what it means to be saved. Will you have him today? I hope so. I hope you'll have him. For him to know is real life. The beauty of the promises of the Bible, wow, he'll never leave you nor forsake you, never going to turn you away. He'll discipline you like a father disciplines a child, and brother, I knew what that was about. When my dad came to whip me, I was scared and it hurt bad, but he was love me. He said, Son, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. How many ever heard that? I thought, man, my dad shouldn't lie like that. (laughs) But then I had my own child. And he I couldn't believe he took after his mother. (laughs) He lied. And I had to whip him. I thought, what if I, What am I doing? I birthed this kid in the world so I can beat on him? No. So I could teach him lying was of his father, the devil. If you love your child, you'll spank him. That's Bible. That's not Bill's opinion. Because you're going to teach them that wrong is wrong and right is right. And that will help them to come to the place of someday receiving Christ. Let's stand together. Father in heaven, thank you for a few minutes together. We pray the Holy Spirit would do his work as you will. Lift up Jesus. Maybe people want to get saved today. Maybe some people may need to make a public profession today. The Bible said, if you confess before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Woo! I'd make sure i do that. The Bible said you ought to be baptized. Jesus was baptized, disciples were baptized, everybody got saved in the book of Acts got baptized. We baptized a couple people Thursday. This Thursday. A little private baptism here at the gospel baptized couple folks. I'm glad God's moving.